0: a popular outcast production
1: do we have a portable past
0: yeah phoenix right oh that's right (laughs) objection episode 26. We're recording on July 10th, 2014. My name is Emrys Smith. I'm here with
1: Mark Matters. Kevin
0: Seibert. Kevin, mm. how are you doing this evening?
2: I am fantastic. How are you, Emrys?
0: Delightful. What are you drinking?
2: I'm drinking a Dogfish Head Festina Pesh. Explain. Okay, it's, um, it's a wheat beer. It's made with peach juice in it. It's not very hoppy. Not sure how into it I am, but it's very mm. different, so...
0: Sounds
1: delicious.
2: It's actually kind of refreshing.
1: Sounds like a good summer beer.
2: Yeah, it, it's... I would definitely not want to drink this if it was cold, but I could see drinking one of these while I'm out on my deck.
0: What are you playing that's not for the podcast? Um, uh, pl- I've been playing still Animal
2: Crossing a little bit. Um, I've also been playing, um... 3D Classics Kid Icarus, because uh, uh, Club Nintendo just gave that away with um, Play Coins, or whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing my daily quest for Hearthstone, <laughs> which means that most of the time I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> yup. Yep. I hover somewhere between rank 17 and 18. Mm-hmm. And you can always tell I'm getting close to rank seventeen because that's when people start dropping like multiple legendary cards on me per game. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're bad because you're seven you have that many legendaries and you're still rank seventeen.
0: Yeah, when somebody gives you like faceless manipulator plus whatever the other legendary is, and you're like, Yeah, alright, you just you just bought a bunch of cards. Yeah. And
2: you're the same rank as me.
0: I had a guy, who had like every Murloc, even the legendary one and the epic ones, and he threw Ragnaros in there. What a
2: dick. <laughs> he, was,
0: he was rank 18. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Some people money just can't help.
0: I know, I know. <laughs> Alright, Kevin, the question of the week is who is your most hated musician of all time?
2: You know. The obvious answer here is Chad Kroger of Nickelback, because everything about that band is horrible. Yeah. But, I think that just his status as musical industry pariah makes me choose Adam Levine from Maroon 5 over him. Good choice.
0: <laughs> Alright, what do you hate about him?
2: Um, His songs, mostly. Okay. Uh, no, I just like his, his lyrics are um, trite, and his voice annoys me, and, I don't know, like, every time I see that square jaw, I kind of just
0: want to punch it. Good call. Now, Mark. Hi. How are you doing?
1: Oh, so good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you drinking?
1: Uh, over here I have 24 ounces of my 500-calorie, 50-gram of protein shake that I have twice a day. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm not doing beer for a little while. So this thing is, it's milk, yogurt, protein powder, um, homemade nut butter, flax oil, chia seeds, blueberries, mangoes, bananas, um, a little bit of spinach, and yeah, it's not that great.
2: (laughs) It sounds like you're going to have all kinds of muscles and then shit them out. I uh, kind of want to draw that now. <laughs> <laughs> shitting out muscles. You could just yeah. be like shitting out the Dragon Ball Z characters.
0: <laughs> so it sounds sounds healthy at least.
1: It Yeah, it is. And it's putting weight on me, which is my oh. goal right now. That's good. Trying to get off, uh, out of the underweight status.
2: Let me know how that works out for you.
1: I will.
0: And what are you playing, Mark, that's not for the podcast? Um,
1: I've been playing... The European import uh, of Shenmue 2 that I got a while back for Dreamcast. Cool. And, yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's way more just big, the world is, I guess, than the, the first game. And so I'm getting lost constantly. <laughs> and the, ma- the maps aren't super helpful. <laughs> and you have to earn money constantly. Um, like, every day you have to find a way to, like, make a little bit of money. And that's kind of annoying. But, yeah. Um, I mean, the gameplay is good. I mean, it's still a pretty awesome game. I mean, for its time, anyway. Any modern, like, Yakuza or Grand Theft Auto game probably, like, kind of puts it to shame, but I don't know. There's always a place in my heart for Shenmue.
0: I remember when it came out, these games got, like, oh, you can open a can of soda and then drink the liquid inside, and right. you can flick the pop-top and another person.
2: That's some great escapism right there.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. You can, like, open drawers and go through Ryu's underwear. (laughs) Sorry, Rio. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe I said that.
0: (laughs) We'll fix it in post. (laughs) The question of the week, Mark, is who is your most hated musician of all time? Off the top of my head,
1: it's got to be Jack Johnson, simply because it's just the purest refined form of banality that you will ever find his music is so underwhelming and boring and just terrible, and so many people love him, and I just find it completely repulsive. The whole thing, everything about him, that sandaled bastard.
2: <laughs> so, Emerus, how are you doing tonight, then?
0: I'm quite well. I think I said delightful earlier. Yes, you you did. I'm
2: sorry I asked you the question more than once, but I figured maybe it could change in five minutes. Because, you know, you'll find that a lot of things in life change in about five minutes. I have wild mood swings! <laughs> 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 no, just like, you know, when like a loved one dying or something like that, that takes about five minutes. <laughs> you could have received some very sad news, and I would have had no well, way of knowing. Well, I,
0: I haven't checked my email in the last five minutes, so that, that could be why I'm still cheerful. Oh, okay. And, uh,
2: what are you drinking tonight?
0: Just water again. Lame old...
1: Water. Life-giving water. What have you been playing, Emrys?
0: So, I've been playing Hearthstone, and I don't know why, because it really makes me furious.
1: (laughs) This is, like, copied and pasted from, like, the last two episodes.
0: I know, but the the problem is I keep going back to it, because I want that gold. I want that filthy Luca. (laughs) And I've been playing Civilizations 5, which is kind of a boring game, actually. I mean, it's fun... But like long, long periods of time go by where nothing really happens. Unless maybe I'm just playing it wrong, that's a that's a likely possibility actually. I could just be just be fucking it up. Or I don't know what I'm supposed to do for that time. Well,
1: question of the week, who is your most hated musician?
0: You know, I don't really waste a lot of hate of my hatred, my bottomless well of hatred <laughs> on musicians that I don't like. I just don't listen to them, and then I forget about them. Mm. But I think I'm going to have to go with Britney Spears.
1: Has she even done anything in a long time?
0: No. Well, she, she has, like, a Vegas gig that she does now. She's like a... Hmm. I don't know. She performs in Las Vegas. Hmm. Oh. But for me, like, I associate her with this period where... Pop music was just dreadful. It was just really bad. I feel like it's worse now. You know, I the thing about it now is that I don't know who to blame for it. So I'm blaming Britney Spears.
1: It's fair, I guess. She started a chain reaction.
0: Yeah. Like, everybody, like, talked about her for so long, and there was all of this attention for her. And she just, like, she hasn't done anything, like, with artistic merit. I don't think ever. She
2: shaved her head once.
0: That was kind of a statement. That was kind of a statement, but like like it was a statement of just I don't know what. Psychiatric need, I think. Also, I hate Justin Bieber.
1: He's pretty much gone though.
0: No, I mean, he's still alive.
2: <laughs> yeah, but he's ruined his career. <laughs> it's hard to hate somebody who's just like so spectacularly imploded. I thought you were going to say good-looking. <laughs> No, he's not really my type
0: <laughs> That'll be our next question of the week. Who's your type <laughs> who's who's your man type I
1: prefer a man who's a grass type. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Did you guys hear about the new Pokemon stuff?
1: The street pass stuff
0: Yeah, the secret like hideouts
1: I didn't hear about yes. this. You basically can like cre- create your own gym or something.
0: Yeah, you create your own secret base and you like fill it with furniture and shit. It's like Animal Crossing.
2: I think that was
1: in, in Pokemon. I think that was in Ruby and Sapphire though. But did it had what I mean, what kind of functionality functionality did it have with um other players? Oh, I don't think it had anything with other players.
0: Yeah, well, you can you can visit each other's secret bases now, mm-hmm. and there's a capture-the-flag game.
2: How does that work with Pokemon?
0: I don't know. It struck me right in the heart, though, because I love that furniture-collecting bullshit.
2: <laughs> After you catch them all, then you can catch all of the furniture, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if I were a real Pokemon master i would use my pokemon as furniture and who wouldn't because what the fuck are they going to do about it
1: furniture type is that a thing
0: <laughs> yeah that's
2: the that's the new type
0: yeah. i would sleep on a snorlax <laughs>
1: oh that'd be so cozy it's like a big beanbag chair right speaking of beanbag chairs let's hear about your uh game you're reviewing emerson
0: am reviewing Kingdom Rush. Kingdom Rush is a a tower defense game. It's available for Steam and uh, Android and uh, iPhone. You can get it on the Google Play Store for $1. Um, It's been around for a couple years, I think. But as far as tower defense games go, I kind of enjoy them uh even though they all kind of tend to be the same so i was really hoping to be able to get into this game um it has nice art the little um cartoon orcs and elves and stuff are pleasing to the eye and the maps are 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 well they're artistically well made and it has music which i didn't notice i'm sure it's fine <laughs> it's game music it didn't. It didn't sing to my soul or anything. No ballad of the windfish here.
1: Oh man.
2: Well, really, what song <laughs> is except ballad of the windfish?
0: As far as gameplay goes, I was not really able to get into it. Oh. Um. Because the thing with tower defense games is that you kind of like you play a level, and you put your you put your towers in some configuration, right? And then the monsters come, and they either, like, get through your towers, and you think, oh damn, I messed up something, or they don't get through your towers, and you're like, yay, I did something right. So, the thing with this game is that it it has two towers, like, actually, alright, it has four towers. There's a ranged regular tower, and then a ranged magic tower that bypasses armor, and then a bomb tower that does an area of effect damage. And then the fourth tower is unique, I think, to this game, and that is a barracks. And what the barracks does is it puts little soldiers in the path of the monsters. And the monsters are like basic normal fantasy creatures. There's like orcs that are just regular. Then there's big orcs that have armor on. And then there's fast dogs and stuff. And I'm sure the, the monsters get more epic as the game goes on. Uh, but the thing is, I found all of the towers to be completely ineffectual, except for the barracks. Because the way the barracks works is it puts soldiers in the field, and then the monsters stop in their path, and they fight the barracks guys. So you'll have like three orcs coming along, and then you're three soldiers. And then they stop and they fight each other. Um, and then if there's like a ranged tower that's in range, it'll attack too. So you end up, like, your, your, your barracks end up being both like a slowing mechanism and they do the most reliable DPS. But only, only if the monsters hang around and fight the barracks guys. If there's too many then the extras just run right past. And none of the towers do enough damage to a group to slow them down. At least in my experience. Like, I can only assume that there's something about this game that I'm not grasping. Because the only useful towers I found were the barracks, because they would stop the guys, and so you just need more and more... You just want more barracks. Yeah, that
2: sounds kind of like a not a very interesting strategy game if there's really only one type
1: of unit that's effective. That's what I found. Well, can you just make a bunch of barracks and
0: win? The see the thing is the the limiting factor on that is space. Like you only have a certain number of spaces for your barracks. And you ideally, I mean at least I think so, while you have your barracks fighting, you want to have ranged towers. That are firing into the melee. Sure. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe just just barracks and win is the way to go. That could be. But that's so dull,
2: like one unit type.
0: Yeah. I found it to be frustrating. Because what would happen is like a group would come along. I would like, okay, maybe I need an AoE because an AoE should be good against groups, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the... The monsters, they go, and the AoE is firing, and they get to the barracks, and the guys are fighting, and then the extras just run away. They keep going, running past all the towers. And so I'm like, okay, well, I need, like, an arrow tower to hit the strays that get past. And the arrow tower, like, fires, and it fires, and it kills one of them, and then it, like, hits the second one, and then the rest of them are, then they're all past the arrow tower. So, yeah. I didn't, I didn't get it. I think the barracks are OP. And it's not interesting to watch because you just, your little guys just attack each other. It's not like an interactive thing. There are two spells they are like global abilities that you have. Um, One of them is like fire from the sky, which I guess you use if guys are clustered together and you just want to get rid of a lot of them at once. So maybe, maybe you're just supposed to use fire from the sky all the time. But it has a really long cooldown. The other global spell you have is you can summon two little reinforcements. They're like farmers. So they don't do as much damage as the soldiers, but they slow down the monsters. So it's like the barracks, only you just summon them anywhere. Which, that's not fun. Clicking on the little spell and summoning two little guys every couple minutes. And if you don't do it, you lose. (laughs) I, I don't understand the point of that. Um, so I didn't get very far in this game because I didn't find it that entertaining. I got to, like, level three, which, that makes me a bad gamer. No,
1: but you know what? I forget where I heard this, and because I can't even remember where I heard it, I'm sure the information is gonna be skewed, but it's something like the average iOS or whatever mobile phone gamer spends, I think, 30 minutes on a game. Like per game, yeah, because I mean they maybe find one or two like that they'll dig into deeply, but most of the games they'll spend for thirty minutes and then delete it, so right, I don't know, I don't think as reviewers we we should be expected to do a whole lot more.
0: It did not pass the thirty minute test for me. it had one interesting thing going on that I kind of like, which is after finishing a level, you get certain like points, like experience points and you have a grid where you can upgrade different aspects of the game. So you like if you like want your fire from the sky spell to be better, then you put points into that. Or you can like improve the range of your arrow towers or your mage towers or what have you.
1: Oh, well maybe you just needed to get through the the beginning push, get your units upgraded and then
0: yeah, the upgrades aren't that maybe I you know now that you say it, like I think maybe the strategy might just be put barracks everywhere. <laughs> you know, if you have if you have nothing but barracks to begin with and then you pick off the stragglers. Mhm. That could be the way to do it.
1: Yeah, and then call the game barracks rush.
0: <laughs> right. That's kind of how I feel about it. It's kind of just a bad game though. You know I don't want to call it a bad game because it has it has okay production quality and there's a or of course there's in-app purchases
1: oh, naturally that's good. IGN gave it a nine. Really? But you know the joke <laughs> <laughs> all the time on like Reddit and stuff I'll see like people doing fake IGN quotes like literally the worst game I ever played nine out of ten. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. You play a game that IGN gives a 6, it'll give you leprosy. They gave Zombie U a 6, and I want to punch whoever did that in the butthole. But but that's a game that was released on a Nintendo platform, reviewed on IGN. We know how that goes. Yeah, that's true. It was okay for a Nintendo game, I guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then he fist pumps some dude in a Mountain Dew shirt.
0: (laughs) It's just not that entertaining. I give it two
2: orcs.
1: Only two orcs? Two orcs,
0: yeah. <laughs> I like how it's
1: not two orcs out of anything, it's just I give it two orcs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well picture a band of orcs. These yeah. are the two that no one wants. <laughs> Spare orcs. Sorry, Kingdom Rush. Maybe for a dollar. If you really like if you really like Tower Defense games, it might be worth a dollar just to check it out. Because it's adequate in every regards, but um, I don't like just building all barracks.
1: But this is barracks rush, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have a game to review, and it's a doozy. I'm excited. I'm reviewing Mountain, a game developed by a man named David O'Reilly, and it was 99 cents on the iOS App Store. Search MTN. For some reason, that's the, that's the name on there. To start my review, I'm going to read some excerpts from the App Store listing. <clears throat> Ambient procedural mountain game. Genre. Mountain simulator slash relax them up slash art horror (laughs) horror. features include no controls time moves forward and 50 hours of gameplay (laughs) and in in the description every review quote that they have from the gaming press is the Mm -hmm. exact same word over and over again beautiful (laughs) that's it there's like 10 reviews, and it's just one word from all these different websites, and they all just say, beautiful.
0: That's a game that knows its strengths. So, Mountain starts out
1: by asking you to illustrate three abstract concepts on the touchscreen. Uh, it's different for everybody, but for me, it asks me to illustrate the past, the meaning of life, and beauty. So, for the past, I drew the Dreamcast logo. Uh, for the meaning of life, I drew a heart... And for beauty, I drew my cat, and <laughs> I have no idea what the purpose of any of this might be. I don't know how it affects the look or anything of the of the mountain because every mountain is is randomly generated. But I'm pretty sure the game's just messing with everybody. But I'll talk more about that later. So after a brief loading screen that just says patience, your random little mountain is generated, and it's tiny little bubble of atmosphere floating in the lonely emptiness of space, and it's mostly a green mountain with a few scattered rocks and trees, and it just kind of slowly spins there for you to stare at. Day and night come in cycles of a few minutes long, seasons change periodically, and sometimes you can see fireflies and hear little crickets chirping. Uh, Occasionally, vague messages will pop up on the screen, like, Is it more important to feel something or to know something? And then sometimes random crap crashes into the side of the mountain uh, just out of the far reaches of space like, for me, a message in a bottle, a pie, a traffic cone, and a ginormous piece of cake. Uh, And that's all there is to Mountain. This game is pointless. It's not even a a game. Um, It's a glorified screensaver. Going to the statement about having no controls, that's largely true. You can turn the camera any way you want, and you can zoom in and out, but you can't interact with the mountain at all. Uh, That message in a bottle that crashed into the side of my mountain like a meteor, it's forever sealed, and it drives (laughs) me insane. (laughs) Uh, There's also this small, invisible keyboard at the bottom of the screen for you to mess around with while you watch your mountain spin. Why? Because there is. (laughs) <laughs> it actually makes time go faster, I, I, I finally realized. But it's just funnier to me if, if I say there's no point to it because that's just kind of par for the course with this game. So initially, I didn't read any reviews for Mountain. I saw headlines and stuff pop up on Twitter and whatnot. And I got, they got me kind of intrigued. And then I, once I read that App Store description, I decided I needed to experience it and I needed to go in blind. And now after the fact, I know what conclusions the rest of the gaming press came to. Uh, Stuff like allegories for deism and all this other mumbo jumbo. But me personally, what I'm getting out of this game, what I choose to believe is that this game is a sarcastic response to this (laughs) ever-growing video games as art movement. And if you know much of anything about, um, let's let's for example the games Flower or Journey, on the PlayStation, yeah. they're very widely praised by the press at large and pretentious gamers as well. And they're illustrations of ideas and metaphors and they're award-winning games. And I, I mean, I admit they're gorgeous to look at, but they're barely games. They're just like sort of complex expressions of from their creators and with only like loose gameplay elements. And I'm not going to criticize the developers for that, but I also don't want to play that kind of thing. But I have a feeling the developer of this game, Mr. David O'Reilly, he decided to call BS on the art game mentality and make the most brutally, quote unquote, artistic fart of a game ever, release it for a dollar and sit back and watch people fall into two camps head-scratchers, and pretentious hipsters. And if it's true, he's kind of the Banksy of video games, if I can say that. Because even if Mountain is satire, it's still technically art and worth appreciating on its own terms. And th- this is the only thing that lets me be okay with Mountain existing. If I'm wrong, and this is all supposed to be taken seriously, and it is truly a <laughs> statement on deism or whatever, like... <laughs> Honestly, I'd just be surprised. So I spent several hours letting Mountain just run passively on my phone. And the description of the game on the App Store said it has 50 hours of gameplay. And I really would like to know why they capped it at 50. Like, do things really start to happen? Or is this just more of what I'm choosing to believe is an elaborate joke? I'll never know. Like, I'm done with this <laughs> this thing. I'm done with it forever.
0: <laughs> So you sound a little bit like it made you mad. Um, I don't know. I guess
1: I had some expectations. The graphics aren't that great, like all these quotes, it's like beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Eh. It's like better resolution PlayStation 2 graphics. And it has nice sound, but like I don't know. It's just nothing. It's it it's a screensaver. It really is. Does it have music? No. You can play music on the keyboard. with. There's only like, I don't know, 12 or 14 keys. And I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So I I did figure out how to play the intro to a Journey song. What's that one? Separate ways, I think. Anyway, it is worth noting, I think, that my phone, which is an iPhone 5S, gets super hot while this game is running. And it sucks down your battery life at like an alarming rate. It's like it's working the processor oh, wow. really hard with its freaking cutting-edge PS2 graphics. So <laughs> if you're playing on an older device, like beware. In fact, just everyone in the world, beware of Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get that, like, a t-shirt? Beware of Mountain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure we could do that.
1: Yeah, we have people.
0: See, what you're describing is exactly what I was anticipating... Mm-hmm. from what you told me about the game ahead of time like i'm not surprised at all
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know i i just i need to believe it's satire it's a big like middle finger to pretentious hipsters
0: those damn hipsters getting there <laughs> getting their hands all over video games
2: more of that Ugh. hipster bullshit <laughs>
1: keeping that line running since episode 1 <laughs> it's a good line Speaking of hipster bullshit, let's talk about uh some eight bit games. Uh yeah. Shovel Knight, huh? Yeah. Um, okay. Shovel Knight
2: is developed by Yacht Club Games for 3DS, Wii U, and PC. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it started as a uh Kickstarter. It started as a Kickstarter campaign, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, it's fifteen dollars on all platforms, and that includes the 3DS eShop. It's download only. Yacht Club, the developer, is made up of former WayForward employees, and to be honest, it really shows, because there's a high level of attention to detail, and despite the simple 8-bit style, um, just a lot, you know, just really expressive, detailed animations. Shovel Knight is a retro throwback game, but You know, like I said, not just in style of gameplay, but in the 8-bit reminiscent visuals. And it has, like, a beautiful chiptune soundtrack that's kind of reminiscent of Capcom and its glory days from the NES. It borrows elements from a lot of, like, the classic 8-bit games. But the biggest parallel I can draw to it is um, Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. Mm. The stages have a certain degree of progression. So, like, it has some similar elements to Mega Man where you can choose where you want to go, but you really only get two choices at a time. Every level has a relic, which gives you additional abilities in battle. You can spend magic points to use the relic, and it gives you, like, moves or, you know, different weapons that have, like, varying ranges. All of the relics you can get use magic points, and the magic point system works really well. Because it limits you and makes you rely mainly on your shovel as your weapon, but, um... Your refills to your magic points are close enough together that you can feel okay experimenting, enjoying whatever new toy you just got. The game has, like, a lot of hidden secret areas like old Mario and Zelda games do, but there's a certain logic to them, and you don't really have to rely nearly as much on tedious guesswork. Like, for example, in the original Legend of Zelda, you had to just bomb everywhere to make sure you weren't missing everything, but you would run out of bombs all of the time. yeah. Yeah, but but Shovel Knight, first of all, doesn't use, you know, a resource. You just strike at walls with your shovel and if there's a secret there it'll demolish the wall and you'll see whatever the secret is. But it's it also gives you a little bit of a tell. Like things look like there should be a secret there. If you you know, like it's not immediately apparent, but if you look at it for a little bit, you're like, Yeah, I bet there's I bet there's a secret there. Another similarity between Shovel Knight and old games is that it's really hard. Hm. <laughs> Level design is grueling, but it's not cheap. I died over a hundred times on my first playthrough, and it was definitely frustrating at times, but I never felt like the game was robbing me, which is which is important. Yeah. The, the themes to the levels are very Mega Man-ish. They're zany, and almost like a parody of later Mega Man games in the series, where they had things like Plant Man and Slash Man and Dark Man, or whatever that guy's name was. Like, instead of man, everything is a knight. So you fight enemies such as Specter Knight, and Propeller Knight, and King Knight, and Treasure Knight. You know, guys like that. Like, things that don't really make any sense. And they aren't aren't even really dressed up as knights for the most part. But they just have some kind of weird, like, almost fetish that, like, they're into. And their their levels are all well-designed around whatever their name is. Like, Propeller Knight is, you know, an aerial level. King Knight... You're fighting in a castle. Treasure Knight is like a a pirate ship. There are weapon upgrades, health, magic upgrades, armor upgrades. It keeps the game interesting, but without um, making it imbalanced. The armor system is actually a really nice touch, because you can upgrade your armor. You have various different choices, and all of them have different benefits and weaknesses. Like You can stay in, in your starter armor all game and not gain any additional defense or abilities and not have any drawbacks, or you can get like, for example, an armor that reduces the knockback that you take when you get hit, so like it's harder for enemies to like knock you into a hole. Ooh, that's nice. But the drawback to it is when you get moving, it's harder to stop moving. Like you have much more momentum. Are you the Juggernaut bitch? I am. I am. <laughs> uh, and there's there's another armor that increases your magic points. So it, it it you know makes you focus more on using your relics and spells. So it's just a really cool system overall. Boss fights are highlights of the game. They have uh, a classic 8-bit style, like, observation pattern recognition sort of battle,
0: mm-hmm. where,
2: like, you know, the boss will give, like, it'll do, like, a certain animation, almost like punch out, right. Um, or, like, a Mega Man game, where it'll be, like, a tell, and you'll be like, okay, he's about to do this move, this is how I counter it. It has an achievement system known as feats, which encourages experimentation and new challenges. What are the rewards for obtaining them? Nothing that I'm aware of. I think it's just writing rights. Okay. I could be wrong. Another cool thing about the game is its sense of humor. Honestly, it's kind of like a game that's written by somebody's dopey dad. Like, <laughs> the, the order of evil knights that you're fighting is called the Order of No Quarter. So, it's kind of... um. Filled with cheesy jokes from hell to breakfast. Like, um, There's actually a point in the game where you meet an NPC who's like this frog man, and he's in a bad mood and asks you to cheer him up. And I don't think you actually can, but you try to tell him jokes, and you just tell him the worst (laughs) jokes all the time. It'll be stuff like, why didn't Specter Knight go to the dance? He didn't have any, any body to go with. (laughs) you know like that sort of thing and like the the frog knight hears that joke and he just closes his eyes and shakes his head no like you know what you're doing diminishes us all (laughs) so yeah you know the graphics are really nice it the 3ds version uses the 3d effect quite well like it it has like a nice layering effect and it's purely aesthetic like it doesn't really factor into
1: the gameplay at all and i didn't really expect it to since it is a multi-platform release at the same time, though, after playing the three D Kid Icarus, I, I it almost makes me want to get the three the three DS Shovel Knight because I yeah, like the way it yeah. looks it looks really good and
2: you know it it's kind of cool because a lot of modern platformers have like detailed backgrounds and sometimes I can't tell what's background and what's foreground and I just like I'll try yeah. to jump onto what I think is a platform and it'll be a pit and I'll die. Mm-hmm. The sound has like satisfying combat sounds the chiptune soundtrack works really well
1: it's very classic dude it they got like the original mega man composer to do part of it
2: i didn't know that
1: but that explains yeah. why i thought they were similar it's it's some i i feel like i need to look this up now
2: and the cool thing is a, a hidden unlockable in the game like every every level has music hidden in the level like it's it's some of the secrets and when you, once you find them there, there's an NPC that you can sell them to for money in the game and then he'll play the
1: songs for you anytime you want what? yeah that's amazing yes Manami Matsume the Mega Man composer that's awesome and you awesome. can get the soundtrack on Bandcamp
2: what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you pay whatever you want too oh my gosh yep so, now I know what I'm doing after the rec- recording. Seriously, seriously.
2: Um, the gameplay basically reminds me of why I started playing games. The controls are extremely tight, and the the most positive thing about this game for me is that it plays like a greatly improved Zelda 2. Like, I loved Zelda 2, but, you know, I have to admit that it had its flaws, and I understand why people don't like it, even though I think it is a very good game. This is like a much improved version of that game. There's a lot more variation. The, the level design is better. And that's kind of what I've been wanting to play for a long time. Like, there have been a lot of games that I kind of wished were more like Adventure of Link that didn't end up being that way, like Odin's Sphere for the PS2. And mm. uh, and Shovel Knight just kind of scratched that itch, you know? Yeah, and just the level of polish and attention to detail makes all the difference in a game like this for me.
1: Like, I can tell that the people who made it had a good time doing it. Have you had many bugs? I haven't noticed any. Oh, man. There are people online, like, game-breaking bugs. I was expecting really? you to come into this review, like, full-on rage mode. I'm glad to hear no. this is not the case.
2: Oh, wow. No, I didn't have any problems with it. Was it the PC version? Uh, Wii U, for sure. Maybe 3DS, too. Huh. That's weird. I had no
1: problems, and maybe I just didn't notice them. Did you unlock butt mode? Did I unlock what? I sent you that link uh, a while back that had 300 codes for Shovel Knight? Oh, you know, I didn't look at it because I didn't want to use cheat codes. Okay, well, they're, half of them aren't even cheat codes, but there's a butt mode, so what it does is just replaces random words in the dialogue with the word butt, <laughs> so I saw, I saw a screenshot where in, there was a there was a text bubble, and they were talking about something, instead of Shovel Knight, his name was just Butt Butt. <laughs> <laughs>
2: butt
0: Butt.
1: Oh, that's great.
2: But yeah, overall, my experience with Shovel Knight has been, has been really fantastic. I guess you could say, I dig it. Mm. <laughs> no, I won't say that. <laughs> you, feel the, you feel the way that joke makes you feel? Dirty. Oh, another one! <laughs> oh!
0: Oh! <laughs> oh my god.
1: Somewhere oh. in the world, there's a frog closing his eyes and shaking his head.
0: <laughs> this is why we have to we have to record separately or else we would just all punch Kevin. <laughs> time he did that. He's safe from our wrath. Oh come now. <laughs> well, it's definitely in spirit of the game at least.
1: Oh yeah, dad jokes all the way.
0: You. Yeah. Nice.
1: So you don't recommend it then. What? I'm, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that would throw you off so bad. Clearly, you loved the game. No, yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very into it. Is there a new game plus? Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm so down oh, for wow. that.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't play it yet because I just finished it last night. Have you done any street passing? No. And I wish, uh, I wish that I had because the street pass seems
1: really neat. Yeah. But nobody has this game. Right. Right. I street passed some dude at the mall that had it. Yeah, but you, you don't have it, right? No, I'm poor.
2: Mm. I can I can easily say I recommend it for you, and easily say I don't recommend it for Emrys.
0: <laughs> yeah, platformers are not my thing. He can't stab up, either. That's shameful. I mean, stabbing, stabbing up isn't such a big deal, but not being able to shoot up, that really annoys me. Stab-
2: not being able to stab up is something that you might disagree with in practice, though. I think you'd find it frustrating.
0: Yeah, probably. Do you use the up button for anything, or is it just... You use it
2: to talk to people. Oh, oh, well. And to climb ladders. Okay. You might even, I mean, I might even go so far as to say you might find it frustrating.
0: F- frustrating? Yeah,
2: you know, when, when you're so frustrated that you can't even say ours.
0: That's a that's <laughs> I just a thing. assumed that it was frustrated and fussy, which mm. is a perfect description of how I feel about platformer games.
1: Well, what kind of games do you like? Games about courtroom drama?
0: I do like games about courtroom drama. There's one series, in fact, that is quite memorable: Law and Order for video games.
1: Night Court. Oh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Phoenix Wright. Objection!
2: Would you say he is a novice
0: attorney?
1: I don't get it.
2: Well, the game is called Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. Oh.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew there was something I was supposed to say to that, but I, it blanked on what the word was. No, it's okay. Yeah, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. Actually, it released in the U.S. as a series of DS games. Um, it was originally a Japanese series for the Game Boy Advance. The first few games of Phoenix Wright... Um, In fact, have almost none of the DS controls activated. Um, One, like the second or third game, has a scene at the end, which I think has some DS controls. But the first couple games are 100% Game Boy Advance ports, which is fine. Because the point of those games is the storytelling. And the way the story takes place is over the course of four or five acts, which each represent a different court case, though they turn out to be all intertwined by the end. And the way the game is played is through a series of scene investigations, followed by courtroom scenes. And what you do in the investigations is you meet characters, and they describe their their problem, which is usually murder of some kind. Like somebody got murdered um, because they were they were got in somebody else's way, and then you investigate the murder scene and you talk to various witnesses. And the idea is that you pick up the clues. And then when you've collected them, you show them to the witnesses, and you kind of unlock what happened, and then with that new information, you go into the courtroom. And the courtroom scenes are where the real drama is, because you face off against a prosecutor who also has evidence. Now, the actual gameplay has absolutely no relation whatsoever to the real legal system. <laughs> It is purely a dramatic tool for having a conflict with the prosecutors. And what will happen is the prosecutor will invite up a witness and present some evidence to say, you know, this is how you're guilty. And then your job is to cross-examine the witness and present them with evidence and ask questions in order to unravel the mystery of the murder or whatever and what's going on and it's interesting because the way the game is set up is that the prosecutor always has way more information than phoenix Wright does so phoenix is always on the on the back foot and um the witnesses are 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 usually hostile So, it's up to Phoenix Wright to put two and two together on the spot in the midst of this courtroom battle and find out what really happened. And the way he does this is with (laughs) whenever... So, the prosecutor is normally Miles Edgeworth. He's the default prosecutor. And so, Miles will will be saying, oh, blah, blah, blah. And Phoenix slams his hand on the desk, points, and says, OBJECTION! It's very satisfying. It's iconic. Yes. There's some great videos actually of Phoenix Wright on YouTube that are just they're just insane music videos and stuff. So the real key to these games is the writing, which is without fail absolutely excellent.
1: So the translation is done well and everything?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I you never even notice that they were translated at all. The localization is flawless, and the stories are remarkable because they manage to be good mysteries in and of themselves where you don't know who done it, and you don't have all the evidence to begin with. So you really have to puzzle out what actually happened, and you have to think about all the evidence and how it relates to each other. Sometimes you end up playing the game, you don't know exactly what comes next. I ran into this problem all the time. I understood what the puzzle's answer was, but I did not actually know which piece of evidence I was supposed to present to get me there.
2: Yeah, I had that problem a lot when I played that game, too. I, like, I had a little bit of a weird time with the,
1: with the Phoenix Wright logic. Do you recommend this game for stupid people?
0: You know, I don't know what it would be like to play that game if you're stupid. Yeah. Because you can always, you can always reload and try and fail over and over again. Like, if okay. you had to do the whole game brute force, I guess you could. It would be a pain in the neck, because what happens is that you have a bar in the courtroom scenes, and if you present evidence that's not valid... There's usually a cute little scene where the judge says, Phoenix, try, you know, don't be a dildo. <laughs> and and then Phoenix is like, damn, I have to think of the right answer. And if you do that like three or four times, you fail out and you have to reload from the beginning mm-hmm. of the court scene. You If you memorize the evidence, then you just plug it in and you rush through the words to get to wherever it was you left off. It's a pain in the neck when you don't know what the evidence is. Sometimes it'll be a little obscure, like, especially when you know what the answer is, but Phoenix Wright, the character, has not gotten there yet, and you have to present, like, an intermediate piece of evidence. That's frustrating. Because you're like, no, it should be the chalkboard. The chalkboard has the thing right on it. I know it's there. And then the game is like, no, you have to present the chalk first, because Phoenix Wright hasn't thought about the chalkboard.
2: Phoenix Wright is not as smart as you.
0: Right.
1: So wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Who are you in the game then? If you're not Phoenix Wright.
0: You are Phoenix Wright.
1: But if if you're thinking about it, then Phoenix Wright is thinking about it.
0: Well, the thing is, like, you have to follow the trail of breadcrumbs. You can't skip further ahead in the breadcrumbs.
2: You have to you have to build the argument as you go.
0: Yeah. Okay. So occasionally You'll just, you'll just get stymied by not knowing what the next breadcrumb is. Because you can only try four things, but you might have ten things in your inventory.
2: Oh, that's right. I forgot. Some of the pieces of evidence are just worthless.
0: Some of them come, like, come up again. Mm-hmm. Like, you use them in an early scene, and then you'll need them later on. Like, you'll, in, a, in a, one of the investigation scenes, you'll discover that there's something like inside the book. And then you have... You open up the book... Blah 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 blah. I have to get back to the storytelling though, because it's really amazing. Um, the way it it's it works out is that there's usually an introductory, like an introductory act, where it maybe like introduces some characters, and it has like a standalone sort of story. Then the next act will introduce like the main conflict that drives the rest of that game, and then the third acts will be something unrelated. Like it might be funny or it might be something related to the first act. And then the fourth act will get back to whatever happened in the second act, there'll be some sort of like the the same characters will come back or you'll get a different side of the story. And then in the final act, it ties everything together. And so you end up you end up spending a lot of interesting time with characters where you just experience their personalities unrelated to the actual plot. And it does an amazing job of characterizing some of them. Like, some of the prosecutors are really, really awesome. Like, Miles Edgeworth is just a stone-cold badass. He, I think he has his own games, doesn't he? He does have his own game. And it's turned out to be not as good as Phoenix Wright. Oh. Yeah, because Miles Edgeworth, um, perfect prosecutor... The problem with that game was that it didn't have any court scenes. You do everything in the investigation panels and through conversations with people. So it really lowered the stakes because you always just kind of feel like, okay, yeah, I got all this evidence to prosecute this guy and he's going to go to court. But then I know Phoenix Wright is out there and he will win the court case. <laughs> like <laughs> That's just kind of how it always felt. Um, so I was a little disappointed with Miles Edgeworth, perfect prosecutor. I wouldn't. But it was still pretty good. I don't
2: understand why they would do it like that though. Like, why would they have Miles in his own game going up against Phoenix Wright? Why wouldn't they have him um, prosecuting people who are actually guilty for once?
0: Well, that's the theory. That's the idea behind it. But Miles Edgeworth always thinks that his clients are guilty.
2: Right, but they the writers can make it that the. the- the people are that he's prosecuting are actually guilty, instead of you know yeah. innocent people. That
0: ideally, that's I mean, that's what they did. They they Miles Edwards finds all the evidence, and he interviews everybody, and he fi- figures out the whole case. Mm-hmm. And then he sends that person to court. You know, so it just kind of weakens the stakes a little bit that the person like hasn't actually been convicted. Whereas in Phoenix Wright, you get the visceral thrill of saving somebody's life from being convicted of of a crime that's just my experience i felt like it weakened it a little bit uh and also the individual missions like the actual specific cases are all really well written there's never there's never a moment when you're you're bored like oh yeah i know exactly how this will play out because even when you've uncovered evidence in the investigation thing miles will Pull out some, pull some piece of evidence out of his ass and say, "Aha! This proves everything you did is wrong." And so then suddenly, you're sweating. Phoenix Wright is sweating in his shoes, trying to figure out how to save his client. So there's always a lot of good tension that comes up in the different scenes, and the characters are really interesting. Like Lieutenant Gumshoe is a comical character. One of the prosecutors has a whip later on. <laughs> and so she's, she's. Whenever she's off screen, you hear. Whatch, whatch. <laughs> and then she comes on, and she's usually, like. She's usually riding Lieutenant Gumshoe about something. Like, you know he's going to get whipped several times <laughs> by this prosecutor, and it's always entertaining. I'm actually really excited for the 3DS game.
1: My only experience with Phoenix Wright is playing as him in Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3.
0: <laughs> Does he give people paper cuts?
1: Um, kind of. Here's how I can describe him. He's sort of like Game & Watch in in Smash Brothers Brawl. Mm-hmm. He has the jerky animation and his moves are just completely random. He has one move where just like some clumsy girl comes out and trips. Or uh, he like does throw, like, a piece of paper at you or something, he's ter- absolutely terrible. I've used him, like, twice. <laughs> but that's really all I know about Phoenix Wright.
2: You know, the thing about, um that I remember about Phoenix Wright is it was just this really, like, I I had never seen anything like that game on a Nintendo handheld before.
1: Mm. It was just... It is, like, an old-school PC type of yeah of genre.
2: Yeah, it, mm-hmm. se- it seemed like a, like, And this is something that the original DS did a lot of, was it seemed like a really risky concept that, you know, was brought over and ended up just really paying off.
0: Well, I can't recommend Phoenix Wright highly enough. I give it um, five objections.
2: I thought you had no objections to recommending it.
0: (laughs) Uh, No objections. All right, yeah, you're right. You're right. Zero objections out of five.
1: This is just like ping 1.5 plus all over (laughs) again. I just like messing with his scoring system.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's worth messing with.
1: Well, yeah, I I would say if there's five objections, that's like the worst game ever.
0: Yeah, no, he was right. No objections.
1: All right, well, that's all the reviews for this episode. Our next episode will be out around August 1st. In the meantime, chat us up on Facebook or Twitter or something like that. Portal will (laughs) <laughs> start by going to our website portablepower.popularoutcasts.com click on the purple Amazon banner Be after you clear your cookies I always get that mixed up because I've never done it I mean, just kidding, I do it all the time <laughs> and that's where
0: I do all my Amazon shopping
1: I actually don't buy anything on Amazon ever pretty much <laughs> <Me> um, <too>. <laughs> <laughs> I go to stores we have these things in right? California called stores
0: Support your local comic book store.
1: But if you don't feel like doing that, clear your cookies and then click on the <laughs> Amazon banner. <laughs> do your shopping. It's no additional charge to you. We get a little uh, bit of that money. Uh, rate us and review us on iTunes, please. Twitter, at Portable Power FM. Talk to us. Facebook.com slash Portable Power Podcast. Or email us, portablepowerpodcast at gmail.com. Want us to review something? Cool. Email us. You want us to do, I don't know have a better question of the week next time, email us. (laughs) Whatever you want. You want me to drink a certain beer? I'll do it. You want me to um, record naked? Fine. Just email us. Let us know what you want. I already did it. (laughs) 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 We're also on a couple other websites, but we haven't updated them in a while, so I'm not going to plug them tonight.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: Yeah. And as is my new thing, because I feel like we're bad influences on Fourteen-year-olds or fourteen-year-old um, <laughs> drink responsibly. Yes, I am not drunk
2: tonight. Me either. I'm just ripped. <laughs> <laughs>
0: drink shakes like Mark. Yeah, become strong protein shakes. All
1: right, everybody. Good night. Bye bye. Okay, I'm recording. My friend just invited me over, and um, I said, ah, I can't come over, I'm, I'm recording a podcast. And his response is, oh yeah, the Portable poontang podcast. <laughs> All about fleshlights. <laughs> is that what he thinks we
2: do a show about?
1: No, but he, he made a pretty good joke.
2: That is a pretty good
0: joke. Because
1: if you had a portable Poontang, it's pretty much what it would be, I guess. Yeah, it would.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure why we haven't done that already.
2: <laughs> Who can tell? <laughs> Who can tell, really?